everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Caffeinated Future Counselors podcast. I'm your host, Abby Vaughn, and I am so, so excited to be able to finally release and share with you this project that I have been working on for several weeks now. Um, Truthfully, the Lord has worked in so many amazing and incredible ways, and to Him be all the glory for that. Um, This entire journey has been so much fun, and like I said, I'm so excited to be able to finally release it to you guys um, and show you kind of what's been going on these past couple weeks. with today's discussion, I wanted to share a brief introduction about myself and this podcast. As I said a second ago, my name is Abby. I am a counseling psychology major in my junior year at Coa Falls College. After graduation, I plan on attending graduate school to obtain my master's in clinical mental health counseling. Long term, I want to work with teenagers and adolescents in some capacity. Um, I'm not really sure the setting on that, whether it's in a school or in a hospital um, or even private practice. I haven't entirely decided yet, but I am very, very excited to see where the Lord um, leads and guides. If I'm not in class, you can see me around campus giving tours. I do work in the admissions office and I do give tours a lot. Um, So if you ever see me on a golf cart, that's what I'm doing. Um, And I also work in the Odyssey. Um, I'm a barista in there doing some barista-ing. I don't, is that a word? Barista-ing? Barista-ing. I don't know if that's a word. Um, But if you ever want a cup of coffee or something, stop by. Love to make you something. It's a lot of fun. I love it. As for the podcast, when I saw the advertisements to do a student-run podcast on campus, I knew I wanted to do it, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I toyed around with a bunch of different ideas, like a ton that was that ranged from all kinds of different things. Um, so if you ever want to hear about those, please stop me on campus. I'd love to tell you about them, maybe spark um, some interest and some inspiration. Inspiration. Um, But nothing really stuck out to me. I couldn't really find something that I was really passionate about and that seemed worth my time to spend an entire um, semester doing for a podcast. One evening in particular, it was really late at night, and I was brainstorming about this and praying about it, and the Lord placed the idea on my heart to do a podcast where I interview different counseling psychology students about issues that they're passionate about, um, about like issues that they're passionate about and just kind of different things in the field. And I knew this was it. This was what I had been waiting for, like this idea. And I was so excited about it. And again, it was really late at night. So I'm all excited, like writing stuff down Um, and I'm trying to do it quietly. So my roommates don't get upset with me, but um, I was just so excited. Um, And so I started planning for it and everything. And I did still have my doubts because one of the big things about doing a podcast with other people is that um, you obviously have to have other people interested in it and kind of wanting to do it. Um, But I gave it all to the Lord and told him, you know, if this is still what you want me to do, um, I'm trusting that you'll have people come in and also want to do this. And so I sent out a forum for people that were interested. And oh my goodness, the response was 
overwhelming and encouraging and there were so many people interested and I it's just it's been amazing and it has been such such a blessing um and so there's a bunch of different topics coming on to here um I'm excited to um share those with you these people um these guests not people just guests these guests on um this podcast have worked really hard um and I'm excited for them to be able to share their heart with you. The caffeinated part of the title came in because let's be honest, us counseling psychology majors are a bunch of caffeine addicts, Um, especially when you get into them upper level classes. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's amazing and rewarding and wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's definitely a lot. Um, So yeah, a bunch of caffeine addicts that we are. So caffeinated future counselors. Yeah, that's a little brief introduction about what's going on here. I'm so glad um, for each of you that are able to join us on this journey, and I hope that it will be a blessing to you. For today's episode, I am by myself in the studio. There's no guest with me, Um, but I've compiled a list of 10 things to know before becoming a counseling psychology major. It's an incredible major. I'm a little bit biased, but it's the best major on campus. Um, And since I started the program, I have loved school like I never have before. Um, I'm excited to go to class and do things, and it's so hands-on, and it's just, it's incredible, and words just can't even um, describe it. I've got to learn and research things that have been a huge eye-opener for me and completely changed my perspective on things. Um, I'm very, very thankful for that. But just like everything else, there are some things that I definitely wish I would have known beforehand that kind of would have given me a one up or a heads up. Um, So this is the list of the top 10 things that I wish I knew before becoming a counseling psychology major from a counseling psychology junior. Number one, it is not just about listening to people's problems. This is something that anytime I tell somebody that I'm a counseling psychology major and that I'm studying to become a counselor, they always say, oh, I could never sit and listen to people's problems all day. And it is so much more than just sitting and listening to people's problems. Like that is far from what being a counselor is. Um, Counselors are helpers and healers. And while we are amazing listeners, we are more than just listeners. Um, We have this kind of saying in the counseling psychology department where you can't just wave a magic wand and make people's problems disappear, the things they're struggling with. Like, that's just not how it works. And in the same way, there is not a magic room that somebody can go and sit in and just talk and have somebody listen without saying anything and their problems just disappear. That's just not how it works. Definitely not. It seriously, it is so much more and I can't express that enough. Um, It's observing, it's problem solving, it's building connections with people, um, developing rapport, building these relationships um, and overall helping, being helpers, being healers, not just listeners. Um, But yeah, so it's not just listening about people's problems. Number two, your friends, family members, and even strangers you strike up conversation with will accuse you of psychoanalyzing them. Um, Like I said, for number one, that's something that um, I get a lot when I tell people that I'm a counseling psychology major. Another one that I get is, oh, are you gonna psychoanalyze me? And no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna psychoanalyze you, I promise. I promise I'm not gonna psychoanalyze you. But everyone will think you are going to do that. 
um, even your friends. It's something that I found to be really, really difficult um, becoming like the farther I get in the program is your non-counseling psychology friends, if they come to you with a problem and you start giving them advice, like even as a friend, they will accuse you of being a counselor. And that's sometimes really hard. Um, And you kind of have to set that boundary. Um, But yeah, to all the people out there that are not counseling psychology majors that think that we are psychoanalyzing you, I promise we are not. 95% of the time. We're not. Number three, this one is huge. They're all huge, but this one's really huge. Um, you may not still want to pursue the same concentration you came into the program looking at. Um, this is definitely one that I see so often that many people don't realize. Um, just personal experience coming into the program, I was dead set that I wanted to work with children. Like, I knew that was my passion. I love kids. Um, Before I was a counseling psychology major, I was a teacher education major for a brief minute. And it was because I loved kids and I wanted to work with kids. Um, Plus, I am I knew that graduating and when I get my license, I'll be so young. And so I kind of thought that that's really the only route that I could take is working with kids. So I took that idea and ran with it. And I was very, very narrow minded in that, um, yes, I'm going to take all these classes, but I'm working with kids and that's all that matters. Um, And so last fall, so fall of my junior year, I took um, child and adolescent therapy, which is an amazing, amazing class. I love it. But I realized that working with kids wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. And after um, doing a lot of hands-on things and learning about the type of therapy you use with kids, um, things like play therapy, that kind of thing, I realized that that really wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, And then I was kind of... like confused. I was like, well, now what? I wanted to work with kids all this time and now I'm not going to work with kids. Like, what am I going to do? And thankfully, that was one of the first classes that I ever took. Um, So um, I hadn't gotten like too deep into the program or anything. But the same class um, made me realize that I wanted to work with teenagers and young adults. Um, So it was kind of a win-win. I figured out what I didn't want to do and I figured out kind of what I did want to do. But yeah, definitely that happens a lot in that um, people come into the program thinking, oh, I want to work with families or I want to work with trauma victims or even I want to work in ministry. And then they take a class and they're like, huh, maybe this isn't really what I want to do. Um, And so it's okay if you came in wanting to study and go into one field and you change your mind. It is okay to change your mind. All right, number four. This is actually one of my favorites. Um, Little backstory. My first semester in the program, I took intro to counseling, counseling skills, and child and adolescent therapy all together, um, which was a lot. That was a freshman level class, a sophomore level class, and a senior level class. So that was um, a lot of fun. But I said this so many times um, when I was learning about different things. So here we go. A lot of methods and techniques used in counseling can be summed up as it's so crazy that it just might work. It's so crazy that it just might work. Honestly, um, 
there is a thing that you do in counseling skills and it's a technique folder. And so you're given this book of 40 different counseling techniques and they vary all kinds of different theories, all kinds of um, different like targets, they'll target, I, w- I was gonna say target audiences, but not really audiences. But there's some that you can use with kids, some you can use with teenagers, some you can use with like married people. It's just a wide range of um, techniques and you have to pick 20 of them. And for each one, you have to describe it and kind of talk about it and that kind of thing. And um, I remember going through the book and each one thinking that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. And then the more I read about it and like read examples about it, it was like, huh, like that kind of works. The one that really comes to my mind um, is called paradoxical intention. And you basically tell your client to do the opposite of what you want them to do, which sounds so stupid. And if you've read this and like researched it, you know, um, you understand what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, it just it sounds so weird, but it works like it's the reverse psychology that works like it's it's crazy wild. And there are so, so many of those. Um, If you have any of those, let me know, because I know there are so many. Um, Yeah, I like to describe counseling as magic, but like the holy kind. That's all it is. It's just magic, but the holy kind. Number five, I wish I knew how much research was involved. Um, This is definitely something you see as you get into your upper level classes. Um, But there is a lot of research within psychology and within counseling. Um, Everything has been tested, everything has been backed up, and the amount of research you're doing is a lot. Um, It's incredible and it's amazing, especially seeing all kinds of different findings and just evolution of um, different techniques, different theories, but it's a lot. And I feel like that's one thing I wish I would have known is just how much it was going to be. Now, I don't mean you're like going to be researching like every small detail of things, but um, just like different things you wouldn't really think of, Um, especially theories. You research a lot in theories and about different types of theories, maybe where they originated, um, how they're different than they are now, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I do wish I knew how much research was involved. Do you guys wish you knew how much research was involved? Is that just something that I assumed there wasn't much and there is like, am I just dumb for that? I don't know. Alrighty. Number six, this one's really serious. Um, but you will talk about some very, very hard topics. Um, this is also one that may have just been a given and, I knew coming in that we would talk about hard topics, especially in classes like crisis and trauma. Um, That's a really, really, an amazing class where you do talk about hard topics. Um, But it's still something that I included on this list, um, maybe for those who really aren't expecting that, or even for those who are. Um, It's important to remember that counseling is not always um, somebody comes in with a small problem, not that any problem small, Um, and they leave happy. You know, sometimes clients will come in with really, really hard stories, really hard um, situations they're dealing with, maybe things that you've never had to experience or never had to um, go through um, or even that you haven't had to talk about. And so in the program, we do talk about some of those hard topics and how to address those. Um, And so... um, yeah, just being prepared, knowing that we will talk about hard topics. 
Um, on the other side of that, you also kind of talk about hard topics um, from a Christian perspective. So um, at TFC, obviously we're a Christian school and kind of the motto of the counseling psychology department is we use secular processes, but Christian content. And so there are some issues that, um, especially working in a secular setting, you may be faced with, and you have to talk about how you handle that as a Christian, but also a counselor who has to abide by an ethical code. And um, that can be really, really hard, definitely, because you don't want anything going against your beliefs, but you are also a helper. And we understand that not everybody holds the same opinions that we do, the same beliefs. And so how do you go about situations like that? Um, and so, yeah, knowing that going in is extremely, extremely helpful. Alrighty, number seven. This is another big one. I keep saying that. Like, they're all big, but they're all just so good. So good. All right, I'm going to say this slow, and I'm going to say it twice because so important. There will be times you disagree with your counseling psychology friends, peers, or professors, and that's okay. I'm going to say it again. There will be times you disagree with your counseling psychology friends, peers, or professors, and that's okay. The field of counseling and the field of psychology has so many different schools of thoughts, schools of thought. Um, there's so many different ways you can go about things. Um, me and you can look at a problem and the way that we approach it can be completely different. And the biggest thing about this field is that that's okay. If you have a reasoning behind it, if you believe that the way you're going is going to work um, and there's been research to prove that it will, then that's okay. Go for it. Go for it. Um, two counselors can see a client with a very similar situation and approach it differently and still get successful results. That's something that was really hard for me at first. Um, I am a type A people pleaser and I'm not a big conflict person. And so I remember being in one of my classes and my professor saying something. And I honestly, I don't remember what it was. And I've been sitting here trying to think of it, but I don't remember 100% what it was. But I remember thinking, I don't, I don't know about that. That just doesn't, I don't, I don't know what I think about that. And I ended up going to them and talking about it a little bit later. Um, and she really helped me to understand that it's okay if I don't agree with certain practices, certain techniques, certain methods, um, because we're all different people. We all come from different backgrounds and there is more than one way to do counseling, um, more than one way to look at psychology, um, which for me was really, really hard. But it is definitely a blessing. Um, super cool that you can take something and look at it so many different ways. Um, so as long as you can respectfully degree, uh, disagree with these people, um, disagreeing is not a bad thing at all. At all. Number eight, you will never be able to watch a movie or show again without analyzing the family dynamic. Um, this is one that I personally struggle with. I'm currently taking marriage and family therapy, and I had friends who took um, family therapy before the classes were merged, and they told me about this, and I wasn't really sure I believed it. I was like, no way. 
Um, but it's something that you kind of do like automatically and subconsciously. Um, if like a family is having conflict, you'll start looking at the dynamic. You'll start looking at the system. Um, you'll start looking at how everything works and be able to figure out, oh, that's probably why this is happening. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me and my friends. I know that's something we talk about that we do. Um, but yeah, it's it's really benefited me in marriage and family therapy right now um, in order to understand the theories. We have this new assignment that we're doing where we've picked a show or movie and we relate the family back to each theory. So me and my group chose The Incredibles, which is an amazing movie. And so it's be, it's been really cool seeing how they fall under each theory and that kind of thing. Um, and it feels just really natural to do. And I feel like I do it all the time now. Um, but yeah, my family is always kind of getting on to me because we can't really watch a movie without um, me saying something about the family dynamic. So sorry about that. Number nine, you will automatically become an incredible observer and problem solver. Um, it's another thing that is completely subconscious and automatic and you don't realize you're doing it until you've done it. Before I came into the program, I always saw people in the counseling or psychology field um, as people who could like almost read minds. Um, I don't know if any of you out there have ever seen the episode of Criminal Minds where um, Aaron Hotchner is able to, he's in the courtroom and by these like small little things, he tells this guy who's on stand, like everything about him down to the color of his socks. And that was something that I thought that like all counseling and psychology people could do. And I came into the program thinking there is no way that I'm going to be able to do that. No, you won't be able to tell the color of people's socks like that. I don't know, maybe you will. I haven't reached that point yet. But you will become such an amazing listener and problem solver. Like, it's so incredible. Um, you'll start picking up on things people say and how they word them and kind of put them on the back burner. And then like, I, it's just so cool. It's it's amazing. And I don't know if you haven't come into the program yet and you're maybe thinking about it or maybe you're not in the program yet um, or you're not in the program at all. Um, you may be thinking, yeah, I don't know about that. It's kind of weird, but go talk to your counseling psychology friends. They know what I'm talking about. You'll know what I'm talking about. All right, and then the last one, number 10. This one's kind of a funny one, but it is also something I wish I knew. Your counseling videos will always come back to haunt you, but they'll also show tremendous growth. Um, counseling videos, if you know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know, if you don't, be ready. Um, counseling videos are hard. Um, you first do them in counseling skills, which is typically a second semester class. And um, you have to like record yourself counseling, um, like somebody, like a fake client. And it's really hard and it's very awkward having, first of all, you're like an inexperienced counselor and then you have a camera on you, like recording your every move and you know your professor's gonna watch it. And it's just, it's really weird. Um, the people that were always in my counseling videos know that it would take me several times because I would just start laughing. It was so bad. It was so bad. And to this day, like I'll go back and watch my first counseling video and just cringe. It was so bad. Um, if you're in that class or if you take that class and you're struggling, come ask me for my first counseling video and I promise it'll make you feel 10 times better about your videos. Like automatically. Um, it, it was bad, y'all. It was bad. 
But then I look at my fifth video and it wasn't perfect at all, but it was so much better. And the amount of growth just in a 16 week period was so cool to see. And seriously, like it showed learning, it showed development. Again, it showed growth. I keep using that word, but that's the best way to describe it. It's just growth. Um, and it was just, it's been so cool to see. Um, and so, um, especially as I get into grad school, it'll be cool comparing those two grad school videos. So yes, they will haunt you, but they will be something that you cherish forever. Hopefully, hopefully you'll cherish them forever. I'll cherish mine forever. So those are the 10 things that I wish I knew before becoming a counseling psychology major. Um, if you agree with these or if you have any others, please let me know. I'm really, really curious to see um, what some of you guys think. Um, I feel like these are pretty spot on, but maybe it's just spot on for me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, on the next episode, we are going to be talking about living holistically. Um, we will have a special guest on the podcast for that. So tune in. It's going to be really, really great. Um, and yeah, hope you guys have a blessed rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in.